on a day like today, there are many, many times, many, many ways of expressing what happened back then, what our Lord did for us, the amazing God that we serve. But uh, like Jared said, you know, what I wanted to show you this morning, if I can, with the help of the Holy Spirit, is God's love and how He was in all of it and the reasons that He did what He did for you. Most of you in here are Christians. Most of you in here are saved. Most of you are even very serious and have been going to church for a long time. Good churches. Lots of teaching. Maybe you've done a lot of teaching of your own. But you know, there's one thing that we all need as Christians. Is we need to go out with that place in our heart that's so full of God. That everywhere we go, every place we put our foot. Every person we interact with, they know us by our love. Yeah. Do you all agree with that? Yeah. They need to know, they need to see the love in us in order to know who we serve. And that's my hope for you this morning. I hope that whatever we say today will help to draw you a little bit closer to the Father and to Jesus and to the Holy Spirit. So the, found the, the, the word of the message of the cross, the message of the resurrection is the basis for the Christian life. And I would tell you, I had an interesting conversation recently with a guy that's one of the most intelligent people that I know. He's very well read. He um, has a lot to say about almost any subject. And we sat down to talk and he goes, you know, I'm really glad that you're a Christian. It's really changed your life. It's really been good for you. But he said, you know, there are many ways to God. If, see, if you would have been born overseas, if you might be a Muslim right now because they have a God. Very similar. The teachings that you hear when you go to the Quran and you start looking, a lot of the teachings have to do with the supreme being, a, a God that you can put your hope and trust in. Or maybe you could have been a Hindu if you would have been born in a different part of the world. And then, you know, just kind of going down the list. He said, so my theory is there's one big God and then there are all of you people that have all of these different ways to it. But you Christians, you only believe that there's one way. That's Jesus. And it just doesn't make sense to me. Does that mean all of the other people are perishing? Does that mean that, I mean, aren't you, isn't that a little bit arrogant? Non-inclusive. Isn't that a, a little bit not PC? What do you guys think? If we were on the other side of it, maybe it would look that way, wouldn't it? If you didn't know the love of Jesus Christ, if you didn't know Him the way you know Him, and someone tried to uh, tell you that you're going to hell because you're worshiping the wrong God, that'd be a pretty tough message, wouldn't it? But I wanted to talk about this a minute this morning because I may not get a chance to talk to many of you that are come, come in and out. I want to tell you that, folks, there's a dying world out there that needs to know Jesus Christ. There's a dying family out there that needs to know Jesus Christ. And it's not that revival is going to run in the front door when some big speaker speaks. Revival is the person next to you. Revival is the family member. Revival is that person that you reach out to and you tell the good news of Jesus Christ. 
So let's go to the story, and then I want to I want to tie that back in at the end if I if the Holy Spirit would lead me uh, the right way to make it make sense. So what's the story? Uh, Genesis one twenty seven. He he said that he made us, and he made us in his own own image. Why would God make us? There's only one reason. He wanted fellowship with man. He wanted to know us. He wanted someone to pour out all of his goodness with and and share the many things that he had done and who he is with a person, with us, with you, specifically with you. He made us all unique. You know, you think about, well, God, you know, he created man. And I, I think about these Star Wars movies where if he just needed someone to fight his battles, if you look at those Star Wars movies, there are thousands of them. They're dressed exactly the same. They look the same. They're feelingless robots. He could have done that. He just made us all exactly the same. Feelingless robots to do, to till the earth, to take care of the livestock, whatever. But he didn't do that. He made everyone unique. How could he even do that? He made everyone unique because he needs the love, wants the love, desires the love that you can give him and he wants to be in you that same way. He wants to pour his love out on you and see what the expression of that does in your heart. He's incredible. He's amazing. Then it went on to talk about Adam and Eve, how he made Adam first and, and Adam was on the earth for a while before he came along. He wanted us to know that even if we have a mate that we love, I have a wonderful wife that I love with all my heart. But you know what? She can't give me what I need. She can't give me the love of the Father. I've got to have that from one place. He made a very special place in every one of your hearts that only He can fill. Even your mates, as much as you love them, that's a, a piece of what God deposited in them. It's the connection between you and I because God is in you. But the full connection is that love between you and God, between you and the Father. He made you that way on purpose. He loves you. And He wants you to know Him. So, man fell and they sinned. God didn't make a mistake. That didn't abort His plan. And He said, oh, man, that didn't work out too well. Uh, I think we'll just not do the man deal. Just go ahead. I like the livestock, though. They're really... You know, especially horses. I mean, they're just so cool. I'm glad I made them. I mean, he didn't abandon his plan at all. And from that moment, it said, Jesus was there from the beginning. He said, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, right? Remember that scripture in Genesis. Jesus was there from the beginning, and he set about, and his whole life was about bringing us into that original close place with God. He spent his whole life for that. We watched the Passion of the Christ last night with our son. We saw tears as he pulled a blanket up over his head as he couldn't stand to see the sacrifice that Jesus made. He'd heard about it in the book, but when you saw it like that portrayed, maybe that had the same effect on you when you saw it. I know it did on me. Adam and Eve sinned. Then there was only one way. Jesus, God had a plan for Jesus to come and reconcile us to, to God. To cut the veil as He did when He was crucified. To cut the veil so that there was no more separation between us and the Father. Jesus came to earth, was born to Mary, and 
That was through the Holy Spirit. Nothing had ever been done like that before. So sent a man so he could relate to us by becoming one of us. And sent him as a man but as God. The Holy Spirit filled him. And he was looking to God. He was looking to Father God for everything that he did. And he did it really well. He stayed in there. And he did everything that God sent him to do. And he did it with a cheerful heart. Remember, even Pilate, he's like, you know, I have the power to kill you. And it's like, well, you really don't have anything that the Father hadn't given you from heaven. Dude, it's like, boom. He was the most powerful man on earth. Or one of the most powerful men on earth at the time. But if God didn't give him that power, believe me, Jesus wouldn't have been crucified that day. So, Jesus came and he told us, he said, here's who I am. And remember he asked Peter, he said, who, do, who am I? Who do the people say I am? And he, said, he told them, you know, maybe you're Elijah or one of the prophets. He says, who do you say that I am? He said, you're the son of the living God. Jesus being God. And, I mean, that really said it all. Jesus' heart as God and as man was to reconcile us to him for one reason, because he loves us. Do you see the love story? Do you see the pattern? There's no other motive. There's no other reason than to have your heart in His heart. That should be really encouraging to us to think about a God that would love that deeply and that much to take on all that He did. So He suffered. He suffered much in His life. Um, as people, we haven't perfected the love of God yet. And there were many that betrayed Him. Saw Judas's face when he realized, "Oh, I've betrayed my Lord." So this is—he ran together. I mean, he loved Judas. He loved him. He even loved him after he betrayed him. You know, he called him friend. It's amazing how that much love can even on your, your enemies, even people who are mistreating you, cutting you off, and being and disappointing you. How if you're that full of love? All you really want, you're not even thinking about yourself, what happened to you. You're just thinking about, oh, oh, no, I, I, I want them to be reconciled. I want them to be okay. And he did. Forgive them, Father. They know not what they do. He died on a cross for our sins. It was the most brutal beating and, and leading up to that cross that man had probably ever known. He was so close to death the whole walk. Carrying that cross. He was so close to death and they continued to beat him the whole way. But he did it well. He stayed in there. He knew that the hope that was ahead of him was worth it. And you know, guys, maybe you can relate. Some of us have had really tough times, haven't we? Some of us have had our own crosses to bear. Some of us are going, is it even worth it? But it's worth it. And what's ahead of us is an amazing journey that lasts forever. It's amazing what you... I mean, are we deceived if we think any other way, right? This is a short 75 years here on earth. Some of you about 125, hopefully, I prophesy. But this is a short journey, and then it's forever with the beings that love us more than anything else. Can you imagine what it's going to be like on the other side? When we're fully in our resurrected body every single day, communing with not just the most love we've ever felt here on earth, not even the, the love of a mother or even the, the most deep love we've ever felt. Take it times a billion. 
10 billion, a trillion. That kind of love coming toward us every day from our Father. And it's just going to be a discovery. It's going to be the most amazing discovery. So even though our times can be tough here, look ahead. We've got to look ahead. We've got to get excited about what happens through this life that we're living and when we're resurrected with our Lord. The resurrection is our hope as Christians. And that's why it's such a big day in the church because if Christ was not resurrected, we're not going to be resurrected either. Christ was resurrected. It was a, a type and shadow ahead for us to say, you will be raised to new life. You will get a resurrected body. You will live with Him forever. And that's where He is. He was resurrected. And I wanted to spend just a minute talking about after He was resurrected, just for those of us that are human, we have, we'd like to see some proof, wouldn't we? So He showed Himself to Mary. He showed Himself to Peter. He showed Himself to the disciples. First to the twelve and then to a greater number, all of the disciples. And then He showed Himself to more than 500, many of which were still alive as they began to write the book. So as Christians, we need to know He was alive. He came. He did the road to Emmaus. He did all of those, those um, you know, happenings where He would show up. And they're like, surely this is the Lord. So we need that as Christians to realize that our God is alive. Our God was reigned, was resurrected, and that's our hope. He was buried. He rose again in three days. He's not dead. He's not on the cross. He's alive. And He went to be with the Father. He's at the right hand of the Father. said that, they, that He looked up and His Spirit went to be with the Father in heaven. What I find interesting is even as he left the earth, even as his job was complete here for that time, he went to do what? He went to intercede for you and me. For that person that lives next door to you. For that Muslim. For that Hindu. For that person that says, I don't believe any of that stuff. If I'm just fertilizer for that tree out there when I die, that's fine with me. Did you know there are many that feel that way? Yeah. I just looked at some statistics here, real quick. Two point one billion Christians on the earth at this time. That doesn't count the ones that have come and the ones who will come in the future, coming on and the ones. But right now, two point one billion, about thirty one point five percent Christianity, twenty three point two Islam, one point five billion people. 16.3 secular, non-religious, Gnostic atheists. 16 out of 100 people you meet don't believe in God. Folks, we, we have been given so much. And, I mean, we're just so blessed to be in this room. We ought to be the happiest people on the face of the earth. Just to know that we're going to live forever. Eternal life is in us. Not only are we just going to be able to survive the, you know, the thing that's coming, but we're going to have a life that not one person here, eyes not seeing, not one person here can even imagine the kind of life we're going to have with Him and with one another. How would you like to you know, just fast forward a minute and stay in heaven for, for just, just give me five minutes in heaven to see what that's going to be like? I'll promise you this. 
I'll burn more on earth. Think about it. I really believe that the biggest challenge we have is to try to put ourselves, get this thing to re realize what the hope is that's ahead of us. If we get that, we'll be the burning ones. See, the world wants to believe there are many, many ways to God. And I can tell you, uh, I can see it coming. And these are, this is kind of the way God works in me. He'll show me something over time that's coming and then it'll come to pass. And I can tell you, you're, our, as Christians, our biggest struggle coming forward is going to be you're those non-inclusive Christians. Everybody else in the world, as the one world government comes, and we know it does because we've read the Bible. But as all of that happens and starts to play out, the real battle is going to be you're those stubborn, arrogant Christians that say there's only one way. Why don't you accept that there are many ways and, and stop that theology of yours? It's already happening. It's already happening in the news. It's already, we're the radicals. Have you noticed that in the last five years? We've become those radicals. But I want to tell you what. God is true. He said, let God be true and every man a liar. He is true. And I want to tell you, He's different. So when those say that, you know, we might say, well, I understand. I'd like to hear where you weigh in on all of this. I'd like to hear where you're coming from. But you know what? There's a huge difference in our God and in what you're saying there. Number one is that man chases Everything on earth, everything under the sun, to try to get what God offers. We want to be loved and accepted, don't we? We'll chase money, we'll chase looks, we'll chase every kind of idol we can find. And we're chasing it for one reason. Because we want to feel a certain way. We want to feel that place in our heart that we just don't quite have filled yet. And there's only one way to fill it. That's through the love of God. We'll do everything to get that special thing that we think is going to get us there. See, I did that. And today's a very special day for me and my family because in 1994, I got my little kids up and we put on our Sunday best and we went back to church for the first time since I was a young kid in the Church of Christ. And we went to Metro Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. And we walk in and they say, how are you, brother? With this smiling love of God. And everyone we met was like that there. And the pastor came down and said, oh, welcome. It's good to have you all here. And they put on a beautiful display for Easter. Because I was like so many of the Christians that went to church once a year. But I had a choice to make that day. To either believe or to go on out 364 days a year, live like I was living. And I made a choice. And the Lord even told us, gave us a blessing. He said, blessed are those who believe and do not see. And I believed that day. And I said, this is the way I'm going to spend my life. And I began to take my kids back to that church. 19 years ago, my life changed. And really, you know why? Uh, it, was on a, it was on an invitation that I went. 
and someone I knew and said, why don't you come to church Sunday? We've got this big thing going on and it's just going to be wonderful and I know your kids would really enjoy it. I'm like, felt that little tug. Maybe I should. And I'll just ask you, how did you end up coming to the Lord? When I see a show of hands, how many was it by invitation from someone that was close to you? Quite a few. Quite a few. Somebody invited you to come to the Lord. Somebody shared the gospel with you. Well, how is our God different? Our God is a God of love. That's it. That's who He is. In fact, those scriptures say that our God, His name is love. His, all of His actions line up with what the Word of God says, that He is love. You can feel His love in worship. You can feel His love, feel His Holy Spirit. You can feel that hope that comes towards you when you think on Him. Another way that we're different is we don't have to work for our salvation. He said it's a free gift from God. God just gave it to us. All we have to do is believe and accept Him and, and, and just say, okay, I choose to believe You, Lord. And then, of course, go through a, a simple process, which is to repent, to believe, to be baptized. We want to receive the Lord. Repent, believe, be baptized. Receive Him. Receive the Holy Spirit. We're our God is different because He went around as Jesus doing miracles everywhere He went. He, he literally could cast out a demon right there and the thing goes and I mean you could see it happening. He could turn water into wine. He could stop the clouds, the storms coming at Him. He had all power that had been given to him from his father. No other gods had that. No other gods were able to do the mighty miracles. Even once he just like got, I, I think was a little frustrated with man, and he said, hey, if you don't believe me, believe the miracles. I mean, who does this? Right? And they accused him of casting out demons by demons. He's using the power of demons to cast out demons. Duh, somebody's having a bad day. But I'm just saying that just, I mean, here's the proof all in front of them and they still couldn't see it. Did you know we haven't changed in 2,000 years? There's still so much proof that our God is the real God. And yet we still have so many that haven't accepted Him. He died in our place for restitution of sins. See, in other, every other religion I've read, and I don't know a lot about any of them, I know a little about quite a few of them, but how many of them does God humble Himself for our benefit? See, I think the other religions, the ones I've read about, it's about us serving that religion, serving and serving. But our God is a servant God. We serve out of the abundance of joy in our heart. We want to serve. We are excited that we get to participate and co-labor with Him on the earth. He died in our place to wash us from our sins. And that's big. And then number five, or final, Jesus was resurrected from the dead. The other gods aren't resurrected from the dead. Where are they? They died, and that was it. They became fertilizer for that tree. That's it. 
they put the statue, it was dead from the beginning, you know? It's, it doesn't make sense to me now that I know the Lord that anyone would worship a different God because there's so much proof for Him. But again, how can we bring those around us into the kingdom? I can tell you this, and just being on the earth a long time, that if someone does not want to believe, if someone loves to argue and, and debate, I could get a signed notar notarized affidavit that says Jesus is Lord, and they won't listen, will they? There's only one way, church. We have to show them the love of God. They have to want to come to God because of our relationship with them. They have to want to come over to our house and have dinner like Tracy's message on Thursday. They have to want to be engaged by us because they like us. Because we're not, you know, those wrinkled up, brow, hateful Christians. Because we have freedom in our own life. Because our children are succeeding. We need to be the example on the earth. And the, how can we do that? By receiving the love of God. We need to receive everything that He has for us. See, Jesus is more than us loving God. He's about us loving one another. Two commandments. Love God love one another. It's just a big summary. I mean, I, got, I don't want to go all day here on this, but I, I, most of you know the Bible story. He said to love God and love one another. Stay close to God. Stay close to one another. And I really believe that uh, if there's anything that you get this morning by coming here, I really believe that we're on a quest in this house to know how to love. We get messy. I'm telling you, um, I just spent three days in a deliverance ministry with my friends, the Dudas. And I thought I was in pretty good shape. I'm the pastor. I'm supposed to not have too many problems, right? I'm not kidding you. We had to get extra paper to write down all of my godly beliefs. But you know what? We're going to keep going for it until we get our walls down and we get Jesus' figure in our lives.